Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. And I'm Opal. And this week we watched The Loved Ones uh, from 2009. Uh, Boy, they sure are. (laughs) Uh, Opal, we didn't do too much this week. Uh, We've been busy. Uh, Our wedding is in two weeks. Exactly two weeks at the time of recording. So yes, we're a little bit busy. Yeah, and we had a bunch of other unexpected things come up this week. So we don't have to talk about that in too much detail. But uh, basically, (laughs) we haven't had time for a movie. No, no. (laughs) Um, But we did have time for this one. Uh, I I don't know. We've, We've watched like a full season of MasterChef in the last week. I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> they, they keep getting worse somehow. The I mean, it, it's just the problems with MasterChef continue to be the problems, and that's, I don't like the format. Just the uh, format isn't the, good. The cast keeps getting more bigger and more prolonged, and there are more episodes of it. And the eliminations keep getting like less and less defensible. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's very, very produced. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, the new like season of Bake Off started, and like going in between those is such a whiplash. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, Bake Off is kind of like playing off of our scary cooking shows, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think like our... it's very reactionary <laughs> in the fact that Bake Off is not like that. Yeah, I mean, we have a joke about American cooking shows where like every single one, everyone's like, I have to do this for my family. And like That's right. they literally say that in MasterChef like several times. Yeah. So the only difference is the British people don't say it. Right. They, out loud. Yeah, they just keep it to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh well with that, let's go ahead and get into our movie. Uh The Loved Ones. This is an Australian film. I think the first Australian movie we've done for the show. Yes, it is. Uh, I I said it was in 2015, but I was mistaken. It said 29, 2009, not the year 29. (laughs) The year that would be absurd. 29, that would be sick. Uh, yeah, it's directed by Sean Byrne. Uh, This is his first feature. Uh, He did like several short films. Good job, Uh, I gotta say, for your first one. We he also did another movie that we both like, The Devil's Candy. Yeah, I saw this. I saw that recommended in the description for that one on IMDb, and I thought I would bring it up because they're both kind of like metalhead kid movies. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah. And you you like that one a lot too. I, I do. do too. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. We'll talk about it, but uh, the main character in this one is a uh, big metalhead and yeah. uh, big vibes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this one is starring Xavier Samuel. Uh, you might know him. From the new Elvis movie that just came out that's supposed to be really bad. I I don't actually. I didn't know that was the same person. Uh, He's not Elvis in it, but he is in the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, And then he was also in one of the Twilight movies. Who is he? He's one of the evil vampires in the second one. Is he a Volturi? Like the the evil Italian vampire royalty people? I, I don't know. You don't remember? I don't remember exactly. I just know he plays a vampire and he's a bad guy. Let's just and he's only in one of the movies. Let's clear this up right now. We watched them ironically. That's right. That's right. Yeah, more than multiple once. times. I can't defend it anymore. It ends there. Uh, let's see. Also in this movie is Robin McLeavy. Uh, she was also in Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. 
<laughs> which I saw in the theater. Oh my god, I haven't seen it, but why why did you do that? Uh, I was so it was while I was working in a movie theater and had free tickets. Oh yeah, yeah, because I also worked in a movie theater <laughs> and I saw things that I would never see otherwise because uh, it was free. And I I wanted to uh take my friend out to a movie and I'm like, "Well, I'll watch whatever you want to watch. It's free movies." And yeah. he picked that one. Oh. <laughs> so we sat in the front row. And it was, uh, Fantastic. it was pretty bad. Was anyone else in the theater? Uh, it was packed. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, the other, the other, uh, co-star in this one is John Brumpton, but he hasn't really been anything oh, that okay. I've seen. Uh, he's, he's the dad in this oh, one. okay. Uh, there's not a lot of production notes on this, so I wanted to get some of it out of the way early. Right. Uh, the budget was $4 million, uh, but it didn't get an American theatrical release, so it only made, like, three hundred and fifty k, uh, Which, you know, for an Australian independent movie is pretty typical, like... I mean, it's not bad at all. I mean, it's kind of what you can expect for, like, a first-time director. Yeah, I mean... Know, for, from, like, a different country, but... Yeah, it, it did get like a home video release, which did pretty well. But uh, people, I I just want to say, people love this movie. This is almost like a cult favorite. Yeah, people definitely. highly, highly regard this, and yeah. I I didn't realize that. Yeah, this did a little bit better on like home uh, media, and then it also screened at like a few festivals and yeah. did well. Um, yeah, I don't hear people talk about it a lot, but definitely people that are in the know are like, oh, I love that movie. This movie, uh. I think I want to get this out at the jump. Reminds me a lot of another 2009 high school horror film, Jennifer's Body. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good comparison. Kind of the the twee violence <laughs> of teen culture. Yeah, I, I yeah. kind of get that. Yeah, I, I think they're both kind of pulling from some of the same stuff. And I think it's uh, they're both pretty good. Uh, Jennifer's Body, underrated movie. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Yes, I, I like jennifer's body a lot too um should we with that should we just get into the summary i think so uh, yeah. this this was my first time seeing this you've seen this once this before? is my second time okay i think i liked it better the second time too all right well i was a fan of it but let, yeah. let's get into yeah. the summary and we can talk about it uh we open on some nice metal music uh they got like a bunch of indie australian bands to do the music for oh, this yeah. you, you can tell uh, i have like a big list that i'm gonna comb through mm -hmm. over the next few yeah. days <laughs> you're gonna go through it on yeah. spotify is what you're saying that's what i'm saying um we open on a son and his dad driving uh the son later we learn his name is brent uh they banter a little bit about music and then suddenly swerve off the road when a kind of like bloodied man just kind of wanders in front of their car yeah yeah once once you open on a scene like this there's only really one way it can go in a movie like this yeah uh and that is implied car crash because it is six months later yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we see uh brent uh looking uh rough <laughs> he is uh oh uh, yeah <laughs> hasn't had a haircut in a while uh looks like he wants to die yeah uh, that's just high school, because uh, it, it is, is high, high school. school yeah. uh, he and his friend Jamie are planning a party after the school dance. I gotta say, just like Jennifer's body, this is an extremely thirty-year-olds uh, playing high schoolers <laughs> movie and, for sure, and also extremely like Jennifer's body. Immediately following this, an emo GF walks by, and we get like a slow-motion music scene of her walking by, all sexily. I, I love. I love the emo GF. She's not exactly a GF, but she's an emo babe. Yeah. For sure. Uh, 
Jamie kind of like runs after her and off screen, like successfully asks her out to the dance. Um, it's not about him. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, another girl, Lola, comes up and asks Brent out, but he says, hey, sorry, I have another date. And she kind of looks a little forlorn at this point. Yeah, she's got a sick unicorn t-shirt and fucking <laughs> bitching capris on. That's right. Uh, Brent, it turns out, is going with his girlfriend, Holly. Uh, they're making out in her car. She's a new driver. She just got her license. I gotta say, something I've noticed is um, teenage couples, high school couples specifically, that look like they're on completely different ends of the high school <laughs> clique spectrum. It's usually implied they've been dating for like a long time. Yeah, so like, I definitely got this vibe with yeah, these two. Yeah, they come into their own a little bit, but they're still like dating from middle school or whatever. Well, because he is like a, a grungy metalhead, and she's like a normal she lo- girl. She looks very normal. Yeah, she looks like aggressively normal. So I-, I got the vibe that like, you know, he's been in a depression hole listening yeah. to his loud music, and you know, she's been keeping him going through it. So also, also, they mention that her parents are out of town, but they still fuck in the car. Amateur move. <laughs> yeah, they also have, like, a flirty conversation here. Brent tells her that, like, oh, yeah, someone asked me out to the dance, and she's like, well, who was it? And then, like, as part of the... The sex this, game. The sexing in the car, it comes out that it was Lola. Um, <laughs> also, here, we uh, see that Lola is watching them having sex in the car. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> if you didn't get the clue that she was pretty fucking creepy. Just breathing on the windows. Uh, Holly drops, uh, Brent off at his mom's house. Uh, mom, if Brent was looking rough, mom is looking rough. (sighs) This is a woman who has not slept in six months. This is the most Australian looking mom I think you could guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) she doesn't want Brent to, uh, drive in the car with Holly since she's a new driver and, you know, just got in a car accident. Um, but he's a moody teen about it and storms off. Uh, he takes his dog over to, like, a cliff wall. It's just, like, a sheer cliff face, like, out of a hill. In... It's Australia. Yeah. <laughs> these, these things happen. Yeah. It's a cute dog. But also, I have to say, if I had my little iPod Nano and I was 16 years old and I had the, this rock wall, I would be acting a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, like, listening to his metal music with his, like, the ear the ear pods that come with the iphone in and 100%. just like stumping off all angry uh i i did this walking home from high school oh yeah <laughs> even if you're not really mad at the moment you gotta pretend to be mad with the music a little bit right yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> he starts uh free climbing up this wall uh and he kind of has one moment of like dramatically hanging off of a ledge for a moment and almost falls but he manages to make it up um very teen depression which is like a theme of this of like oh i want to die but oh not really kind of thing yeah the the, like self-destructive urge to like put on some loud music and do something that's a bad idea but then like try to claw your way out of it Um, yeah that's the it's it's the impulsiveness of being that age i guess whom among us (laughs) um we also see uh holly getting ready for the dance uh and Brent smoking some pot under a tree. Uh, what what kind of what kind of quality weed do you think they have in Australia? Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in Australia, I'm sure they have good weed somewhere, but he. You don't in, think they grow it? They're in the bush. You, you don't a think they, bit. You don't think they smoke that shit that makes you hear the didgeridoos? Okay, they. <laughs> I bet they do, but 
Probably not in, like, middle-of-nowhere rural Australia, where there's, like, probably a population of 700. Okay, okay. Uh, Brent is uh, about to take a phone call from his mom when uh, a guy sneaks up behind him and knocks him out. Uh, I wrote down, he had his earbuds and he can't hear us. No, he, he couldn't hear him. <laughs> um... It's like a, it's like a, he puts a cloth over his mouth, so I guess it's like a chloroforming. Yeah. Um, cut here to several scenes between Jamie and, uh, the goth babe Mia Valentine. Great goth name. Um, these two, I'm gonna put it out there right now, don't do anything in the movie. They're here mostly to, like, juxtapose the later scenes that we get with kind of the normal, uh... Uh, grungy teen experience well i mean I'll, I'll get into it a little bit with maybe when we go over their scenes a little bit more but i also feel like she's she's also a character that's hurting yes. kind of in that age group and it comes with like that self-destructive behavior a little bit yeah i would say she's uh somewhat of like a stand-in for brent here almost a like bit, yeah, yeah there's gonna be times where like the these scenes are mirroring other scenes, and she's often the mirror of what Brent is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, she uh, she's in a skimpy dress. You called it a Hot Topic uh, negligee. Yes, it is one of those Hot Topic negligees that they have on the wall that you don't think that anyone is ever going to wear, but 100% they do. Yeah, uh, and Jamie is in, like, a really bad uh, tan suit with a tuxedo Steve t-shirt. Steve when the crocodile hunter goes to prom. <laughs> um, they have, like, an awkward scene uh, with her parents here. Um, <laughs> Their sweet golden retriever goes straight for the balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, the dad is like, a, is, like, a cop, we find out later. So this is, like, the, the drugs dog. I don't buy that for a second. No, like it's, your just a, pet it's just a cute your, dog. Your cute golden retriever <laughs> that's your pet is just a drug dog? Like, no way. Um, we cut to uh, Brent's mom, who kind of goes out looking for him. Uh, and when she kind of comes back home, she finds Holly, who's, like, there to pick him up. Um, and they kind of realize, like, oh, he's not with you. Oh, he's not with you. Where is he? Yeah. Um, Jamie and Mia have an awkward drive uh, to the prom. And we see a suspicious truck pull up to uh, Hot Wings Chicken. It's just called Hot Wings. Yeah. You know it's probably pretty good, It's though. It's got a big cartoon chicken out front, and it's just called Hot Wings. You you fucking know this place is good. Yeah, but the sign says they also have salads, and you don't want to get the salads. No, 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 no. Um, uh, at this point, Brent's uh, injured dog returns home, uh, and... Carla, Brent's mom, decides, okay, time to call the cops. Uh, she she calls uh, Mia's dad, who is, like, the local cop or whatever. The only one, I think. Yeah, the cop in town. Um, <laughs> Good dog acting, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's a cute dog. It's a really cute dog. Uh, back at prom, Jamie is making an ass of himself. Uh, he tries to, like, slide across his car hood, but falls over. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he calls Mia Milady. He does say, this motherfucker says Milady, Milady. and opens the door. <laughs> um, cut back to the suspicious truck, which uh, picks up an animal carcass along a uh, dirt road and then pulls up to a house. It's an Australian possum. They're not like our possums. They're kind of cute. Of course you know what kind of animal I mean, it is. It is cute. 
They're they're cuter than ours, some would say, but I think they're both kind of cute. I think possums are cute. Yeah. In, uh, in a, a weird animal way. <laughs> Here it's revealed that the people driving the truck are Lola and her dad. Um, they kind of step out of the truck and check on Brent, who is passed out in the truck bed. They, um, they think that uh, he's dead. Uh, yeah, they have a brief moment where like, oh, fuck, did you kill him? Oh, uh, no, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, we see Lola's room here, which is full of creepy teen stuff. Um, I would go as far to say this is not teen stuff. This is right. like creepy little girl stuff. Yeah, this is like, um, the, the vibe you get with Lola very quickly is like, she is, uh... Very infantile. Yes, and that's kind of like matched with all of her interests. Um, she's just not like a very mature person no um she's very like stunted a little bit yeah she's got like these messed up dolls like the way that like really frustrated little kids will do to dolls that they they like hate girls so they'll like <laughs> mess up dolls you right know? um and she's evidently obsessed with brent she has like a picture of him in like a, a scrapbook yeah um we had a creepy scene with her dad here yeah, we might talk about more of that later. Um, um, you get the vibe right away that um, their relationship is very strange. Yeah. Um, Brent wakes up in prom attire uh, tied to a chair at the family dinner table. I I love this this trope of like the messed up family dinner. Like I, the Texas chainsaw thing of yeah. like you're sitting at the table with these psychopaths yeah these these people who are going to fuck you up and yeah. you have to like weigh your options of like do i go along with the like play fantasy that we're doing yeah. here or do i try and you know fight back and either way i'm probably fucking dead yeah so, very opening of resident evil 7 ish yeah definitely um so it's i love playing on like that knife's edge of like how much do i play along versus yeah. how much do i like look yeah. for an opportunity and then, and then that's also a point where you get to see the family dynamic like unfold at uh, these dinners yeah so uh lola's quote-unquote mom is here um she's got like a strange hole wound in her forehead um at this point lola injects brent with something um, it's like bleach or Drano or something. It, it's and some like, like liquid vocal cords. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have like kind of a mirror of Jamie's awkward family conversation, um, where you know the family wanted to like take a few pictures of like oh these are the two kids going off to prom and now they're doing the same thing here. Um, it's not any less cringeworthy <laughs> when uh, no. you're being held captive. Uh, and. We get the vibe here that mom, who they call Bright Eyes, appears to be like a prisoner as well. Or yeah, she's something like, is up with her. She's Maybe she's like, just traumatized, but we, we learn later. Yeah. Yeah, she's not here of her own will, really. Um, cut back to the prom where Jamie and Mia are smoking weed, drinking, and headbanging in the car. Awesome. <laughs> way better, this is a vibe. Way better than going to the dance. <laughs> I, yeah, 100%. I mean, you didn't really have a prom. I didn't really have one. It's... No, but I would have, like, had some drugs and listened to loud music in the car with someone. That sounds like a great yeah, time. Yeah, I, I don't really care that I missed out. <laughs> yeah. Um, back at Lola's, the family eats their hot chicken. Uh, <laughs> Is it hot chicken? Can we call it hot chicken in Australia? It's probably, like, 
It's like KFC adjacent. Listen, the restaurant's called Hot Chicken. No, I'm it's call- called Hot Wings. Hot Wings. I'm calling it Hot Chicken. It just looks like plain chicken. <laughs> Uh, I wrote down that Brent is giving me, like, a young Keanu Reeves vibe here. A little bit. Strange. He's got, he's got just kind of that, like, scowl. Uh. Maybe a little bit. You know, that, that, like, he, he doesn't do, um, he doesn't do a lot of, uh, like, lines like, like in this Matrix movie. Like, Matrix era, you mean? Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't have, like, a lot of lines, but he has, like, this great ability to be really expressive in just his face. Well, um, I mean, they had to pick someone who could do something because he can't talk anymore. Right, yeah. Um, For almost all of the movie, he can't say anything. Yeah, but I think he does, like, I really like his performance in this movie, yeah. nevertheless, because he does have, like... He doesn't really have to say anything. He's got a great, like, presence, basically, and all of his, like, kind of, like, looking down his, like, furrowed brow at, at people things and kind of, like, languishing looks are very Keanu to me. Yeah, very angst. Um, Lola torments uh, Bright Eyes a little bit and then tries to feed Brent a chicken leg. Uh, she repeats the line here, is it finger licking good? No, it's not KFC. <laughs> uh, when Brent refuses to play along, uh, Dad pulls out a hammer. Uh, Lola here does some like sexual threatening to Brent. Um, and when he asks to go to the bathroom, she, like, humiliates him by, like, making him pee into a glass yeah, in front of semi, everyone. semi-fetish material. Yeah. Um, as, like, Dad threatens to castrate him, basically. No, and we're gonna say specifically, nail his <laughs> dick to the chair. Right. At this point, you get the sense that this movie's a little bit funny. You know what? <laughs> this is a good time as I need to talk about it. This movie uh, is gonna have a lot of graphic depictions of torture in it, but they are... Going oh, for well, a heightened kind of, a little bit funny. Like, it, it's um, the kind of thing where, like, um, they imply something really terrible is going to happen and kind of wink at the camera like, oh, God. <laughs> but then they don't know. They, they don't always shy away from it, though. I think they handle no, it pretty well. No, it's played straight and played for laughs sometimes. Yeah, kind of at the same time. I, I think it's pretty clever. Yeah. Um. At this point, Brent manages to escape his uh, ties to the chair, and he, like, kicks Lola down onto the floor. Yeah, they forget to take away his emo kid accessory that is just a razor on a chain. Yeah, that he wears around his neck, yeah. Uh, Dad chases after him in his truck, uh, and when he flees up a tree, uh, Dad and Lola throw rocks at him. Yeah, like he's a raccoon. (laughs) Until he falls out. Yeah. Um, and when they tie him back up, uh, they hammer a steak knife into his foot to keep him from running away again. Yeah. Uh, and just just to let you know that he's a real tough guy, he doesn't cry about it. Yeah, there, there's a bit here where Lola is, like, demanding uh, that he cry, and he refuses to, and his dad, uh, her dad keeps, like, hammering his foot, basically, and he just, like, won't do it. Because he's a real tough guy. Yeah, he's a real tough guy. Um... Back at home, Mom and Holly are worried, uh, particularly when the cop shows up with Brent's phone and headphones, which were discarded and at his, the scene. And his stemmy weed. That's right. <laughs> um, like, I know that shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know that crappy, skunky weed anywhere. I know that mid anywhere. Uh... Back to Lola and Dad. They're showing Brent a scrapbook of their previous victims. 
Love this. Uh, he recognizes one of them as the man that he like swerved to avoid in the road six months ago. And presumably the accident that killed his dad. Yeah, they, they say that his last name was Valentine also. Right, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll get more on that in a little bit. Um, but I mean, at that point you kind of know. Yeah, right? you, can, you can kind of put the been, pieces you've together You've been here. introduced to the other Valentines. Right. Uh, Lilla announces that she is ready to draw on him. Yeah, because in all the scrapbook pictures, they have this fucked up mural, like, carved out on their chest. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get one more prom scene of, uh, Jamie and Mia, like, flirting a little bit. And then we're gonna cut right back to, uh, Lola having carved a heart into Brent's chest with a fork. Just with a fork, yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't show you the carving, but they show you the bloody fork and the wound afterwards, and I think that's really effective. You can, uh, you can fill in the blanks, I Yeah, think. I think this movie strikes a really good balance between, like, showing you the literal trauma on screen and then also pulling back at times to hide some of well, it. Well, it's interesting because we've covered Hostel too, right? But this is a completely different kind of approach, I think you would say. Yeah, because I I looked up like a little bit of the critical response to this movie and a few sites that I found kind of wanted to label this as torture porn. And I didn't really get that vibe from this. No, because we've seen torture porn before. It is very... Uh, doesn't hold back, shows you every little bit. Uh, torture porn is, like, about um, trying to get an emotional reaction out of you by, like, showing you a brutal torture scene. Like Saw, where it'll cut to the same shot of something brutal happening over and over and over again. Whereas this movie is a lot more, like, stylized, and a lot of the torture is, like, a metaphor, or, like, a visual metaphor for, like, something else that's going on. Like, um, even the crazy wound that's on... Uh, Brent's chest is like the kind of thing you would carve into a tree like a, it's like a heart with a yeah, Lilla's initials on it and it, it is very like it's what a kid would do right like she, yeah she draws something on him right um so it's uh characterful also yeah um at this point they literally throw salt in the wounds uh and chant we can't hear you at Brent's screams yeah this is uh <laughs> awful yeah <laughs> just like she takes the lid off and makes sure to really get it in there yeah and I, uh his reaction is like really uh intense too i think this is another case of like his performance being sold really well um just in like the yeah. physical action yeah this is it's it's one of those things where like torture doesn't have to be graphic it's just you know what salt in a wound is like so exactly it reminds me of um like the kind of violence you'd see in like a tarantino movie a bit. I mean, like a like an interrogation scene, almost. Yeah, or yeah. Um, we, we can say Reservoir Dogs, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, back in uh, Brent's room at home, Lola finds a note saying he loves her. I thought this was interesting because you could interpret it as a suicide note, um, but I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be read in this scene. I don't um, think so. There was an earlier scene where... Uh, uh, I think I said Lola accidentally. Uh, this is Holly. His girlfriend finds right. it. Uh, there was an earlier scene where Holly said, I love you to Brent. And he like kind of withheld saying, I love you back. He, he like kissed her on the cheek instead. And this like note giving that he's going to give her on at prom is like him finally saying it. That was kind of the vibe that I got. 
in like a oh he really does care about me kind of way yeah i think it's um i think it kind of shows that he's having trouble kind of showing his feelings more than anything but like he does really love her yeah um but i also thought the kind of implied double meaning here of like a is he like saying goodbye to her because like there's like some flowers like the flowers you would give to someone going to prom this is a mirror of jamie also gave uh mia flowers earlier uh i i just think it would be really messed up to give her a humpty dumpty card and then jump off of a rock wall (laughs) well yeah, I don't know if that's really supposed to be how how we're reading it, but it. I do no, think but it's... when you said that, I was like, "Hold on." <laughs> uh, Jamie and Mia drunkenly wander into the prom. Uh, she needs some help out of the car. <laughs> yeah, as uh, at Lola's, she is crowned queen of the dance by her dad. Uh, I was like, I wonder who it's gonna be. <laughs> I wonder who the queen is gonna be. I wrote that uh, she's really feeling her fantasy here. I know. I want to mention right here. I actually really love this look. I love. <laughs> I love her prom dress with her makeup that she's done with like the the glittery eyeshadow. I actually the, do really like her the, makeup. The yeah. blue mascara. I think that's a look. I think she's a look queen, and <laughs> I respect her for that. But not other things. <laughs> um. We get a scene of uh, Mia and Jamie doing like a prom slow dance here, um, but they get kind of awkwardly kicked out when Mia tries to feel up Jamie. Uh, There's a bunch of people looking at them in the background, and she has her uh, cranky teen moment of like just storming out. Yeah, well, and also like the uh, one of the teachers or whatever comes Principal-ish by and is like, yeah, uh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um cut to another mirror scene it's lola and brent having a quote-unquote dance uh she's got like her arms up around his shoulders just like in the previous scene but yeah he's he's literally sitting down with his feet like knifed into the floor um but it was just like a a cool visual uh, uh mirror there um she does get a little bit fed up with brent's lack of enthusiasm so she has a kind of loaded dance scene with her dad here uh no, we can't. We can't just call it kind of loaded, right? Yeah, I mean, I, we've stopped short of like saying it, but there is like something incestuous going on here. Um, it's never like really explicitly shown on screen or anything, but you like you are basically told that uh, she says she wants to marry her dad. Yeah. I think that's enough. Yeah. Um, but uh, Brent takes a moment. Uh, he takes this uh, as an opportunity to retrieve his razor blade necklace that's just stuffed Still has into his it. pocket. Yeah. Still has it, by the way. <laughs> Um, we also get a scene of Holly returning home here, but, uh, she just kind of cries to herself and she has no one to comfort her. No, it's kind of sad. It's really sad. Um, cut to Lola and dad, uh, butchering up the animal carcass from earlier and they open a trap door, uh, to, to the cellar, uh, which is just like in their living room. Now, I'll go ahead and make the bold claim. This is when shit gets good. <laughs> when they open a secret cellar full of something shrieking. Uh, yeah, there's just like guttural creature sounds coming from the pit in the room now. Now that's what I call. What? <laughs> I don't, have... I don't have anything. It didn't come. Okay. But no, I think this is great. Like, this is like a the movie, like, uh, kind of one-upping itself a little bit. Like, okay, you thought it was just going to be a family torture scene. No. No. We got creatures. <laughs> we got creatures, bro. <laughs> um, 
Um, alone in the car, Jamie and Mia uh, start having sex, but uh, once again are told to leave. By yeah, the... <laughs> they're still on school property. The, I love the fact that the guy doesn't tell them to stop or not to do it. He's like, you got to go somewhere else. Yeah, you just got to leave. Uh, yeah. Also, just really foggy, muggy car. You don't want to know how it smells. No. Uh, and they, like, awkwardly, like, slowly roll down the window <laughs> so you can talk to them. It's, a uh, yeah. H- had to do that hotboxing with people before. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lola prepares to drill through Brent's head with a power tool. Uh, quote, unquote, she, says, she says it's her first time she's done it. Uh, yeah, uh, Dad says, just enough to break through the skull. So it's, this is his thing that right. he's done before. Uh, and they they start drilling into him. Uh, and we see when they're done, Brent literally has the same wound that uh, Bright Eye's mom had earlier. The, like, the, hole in his forehead. Not before there are some bloopers and fumbles, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Lola kind of loses her nerve a little bit. Um, they're, like gonna boil his brain with hot water uh-huh they're gonna give him like a, a jeffrey dahmer lobotomy yeah to, is, is what what's happening to turn him into a quote zombie yeah um but lila is like oh the hole's not big enough you gotta do it and she like spills boiling water on her dad's hands yeah um, just uh can't do anything on her own yet yeah this buys uh, Brent just enough time to get himself free right as his skull is once again being drilled into <laughs> Um, he takes the drill and steak knife, uh, out of his feet and fucks up the dad. Yeah, the drill, like, goes through his face and you see through his face and it's pretty nasty. Yeah, uh, Lola tries to tackle, uh, Brent, but he kind of, like, knocks her out and pushes dad into the pit where we see, uh, quote-unquote zombie prisoners start to eat him. Yeah, just, uh, horrifying naked people. Yeah, um... But Lola kind of wakes up just in time to knock Brent into the pit with them. Yeah. He um, socks are real good also. <laughs> yeah. She she has like a crazy like broken nose for uh-huh. the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, and she kind of watches as her dad is eaten and decides to just close the cellar door. What else are you going to do? Um, <laughs> next we get a scene of Brent fighting off the zombies with a hammer. <laughs> As uh, Jamie returns Mia home to her dad, uh, who's the cop from earlier. Uh, yeah. This is like kind of an awkward, like, here she is, you know, just uh, danced her off her feet. You fucked my daughter, didn't you? I mean, that's <laughs> it's unsaid, but it's very <laughs> obvious. Um, there, There is like a, a scene um, almost immediately after this where like you see the uh, the missing, it's implied like, Mia's brother. Yeah. Um. You see, like a family photo, and she's really beat up that he's missing and no, and he hasn't been found. Yeah. I mean, you you can see um the guy watching her drink the vodka straight out of the bottle, like, oh, you're fucked up, fucked up. Yeah. Like that kind of like concern almost. Yeah. And this is another like. It doesn't stop him from sleeping with her though. That's true. I mean, well, I mean, she's also like coming on to him. They're both drunk. They're teens. It's a whole situation. Oh, I'm not but... blaming him exactly. It's just right. You no, know, it's what happens. No, I mean, there there are definitely like mirrors going on here. Like like uh, Mia and Brent are both like these really uh, affected, like depressed teens, and they're being 
maybe not taken advantage of in this prom environment, but they're definitely like drawing a parallel here where she's kind of drunkenly stumbling through prom and he's being tortured. Like, yeah, I, I do think they're like saying these things are more connected. Oh, uh, we all they handle loss in different ways. Yeah. Uh, in the basement, Brent surveils piles of human bones uh, and kind of languishes. Are they human bones or are they like the, the snack animal bones? Uh, they're bones. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, nondescript bones. Who, who could say? Maybe they're both. Um, Holly kind of laying awake in bed has like a flash of insight and she remembers Lola Stone. That's the name that Brent gave her uh, earlier. So she gives the cop a tip and he kind of like races out to the house. Now, other people have to know she's weird, right? Like, at this school. I mean, they have to know, and I think it's, like, definitely worth, like, hey, let's go pay her a visit. Uh Uh-huh. The cop finds uh, the house covered in blood, uh, and Brent tries to kind of, like, get his attention from the cellar, um, but when he finally does, Lila sneaks up behind him and hits him in the back of the head with an axe. Yeah, yeah. You know this is gonna happen. This this is always what happens. This is always what happens. The cop always shows up and can never save the day because... And then there's someone behind Yeah, behind the, the killer them. sneaks up on them as they're, like, trying to save someone. Yeah. Yeah, the false hope. Uh, Brent, like, tries to take the cop's gun and take a shot at Lola, but she backs away and uh, she says, I'm gonna go kill your girlfriend and your mom. Um, yeah. And she kind of... You believe her. ...wanders out. Um, she also killed her mom. Yes, we get a scene here of her smothering uh, Bright Eyes, the the mom. Yeah, which there are a lot of implications about her mom, like how um her dad did this to her. Like, yeah. At what point was she maybe conceived? The the thing for me uh is I I think this isn't her mom. I think this is like a victim who is playing mom for the family. That was kind of the read that I got. But mm. it could also be her literal mom who's been just zombified basically. I mean, her dad seems to be the one into like the lobotomy thing. Yeah, and so um, maybe this started with her. I, I don't know, the like jealousy and like hatred that uh Lola seems to have towards her mom implies more to me that like she's a newer addition than she's like her biological. It's not. Mom. It's not fully explained, but you definitely get some uh, implications. Yeah, I mean she her. she's like at every opportunity, kind of tormenting her a little bit, and like yeah, she she hates this woman. Yeah, um, we get some scenes here of Lola kind of wandering across rural Australia with a knife. Pretty sick, sick imagery here. Yeah, um, she kind of mumbles brokenheartedly to herself all the things that like a normal teen would say after like a rough breakup like am i just not good enough do i talk too much yeah the the emotional immaturity of it all yeah um and at this point uh it's like the next morning basically and holly drives by because she's driving to go check on this house um but she stops when uh lola kind of flings something at her windshield and then attacks her yeah um, but Holly manages to kind of get away, and she flees on foot. It's a it's a sick knife fight. <laughs> yeah, they like struggle over the knife, and they're like tumbling over each other onto the pavement. And yeah, it, it's uh, definitely like there have been harrowing moments up to this point. But this is the one where like Holly hasn't done anything wrong. You no, really want to see you feel for her. You want to see something happy for her. You don't want her to just get like got yeah. by Lola here. So I'm, you're like rooting for her to get away really hard. Um, 
Here we see Brent has built up the bone pile in the and cellar. And some bodies. And some bodies, enough to, like, crawl his way out. Uh, and he gets into the cop car and speeds off. And kind of right as this chase scene is happening, he... You know what's going to happen. Yeah, you, you can kind of see it coming. He <laughs> manages to swerve around Holly and drive over Lola. Another another interesting parallel with Hostel, actually. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean... I was thinking about it right as the scene happened, right? Like, is it the optics of not wanting to see your male character kill a woman with his hands? <laughs> it doesn't have to be with the car. I, I just had that thought. I mean, to me, like, it's a callback to the opening scene of the movie where he's, like, driving with his dad and, like, trying not to hit anyone. And this time he's, like, trying to run someone over. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, like, a cool callback. Like, yeah, just, yeah. just visually. Um. He and Holly kind of embrace, uh, but then they realize that, like a zombie, Lola has survived the crash and is crawling towards them with the knife. Uh, and you immediately know what's going to happen. The car goes into reverse. Slowly backs up. <laughs> and slowly backs up. We get like a slow zoom in on Lola's face. I want to imagine it is backing up this slowly. <laughs> you kind of see like the dawning realization on her face here. Like, I'm going to get killed by this car. I mean, she, there's nothing I can do about it. She's not exactly left unscathed from that first time. Like, her hand is basically off of her arm. yeah and her nose was already broken from earlier yeah. and she's you can tell she's like oh she's messed up like my fantasy is ruined this guy is going to kill me uh i'm not gonna kill his girlfriend or his mom it's all over for me and you kind of see that dawning realization and then a smash cut to her head hitting the back bumper yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh holly brings brent home and his mom embraces him and we cut to credits i'm sure they'll be okay it was a happy ending. It kind of is, though. <laughs> it definitely Because, yeah. I mean, the thesis statement is kind of on this, like, self-destructive teen behavior, right? And I feel like when you're in that space, you almost do need, like, a crazy wake-up call to get out of that. Yeah, I mean... And realize that you don't actually want to die. Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the reasons why I talked about the note being, like, kind of interesting to read as, like, a suicide note from earlier. Because there's, like, a read of this movie... Where it's almost like Holly is saving him from destroying himself, even though like it is literally like a, a separate entity is trying to kill him and he is trying to escape and get back to her. Yeah. It's like he realizes that like, oh, no, I have to survive. Like I have to like live and I have somebody to live for and I have something to live for and I'm going to fight through all of my trauma and pain to get there. Yeah, um, And I think that's extremely compelling. I, I yeah. like that kind of story a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can we can like talk a little bit more about it, but I, I really like this movie. Yeah, um, I like it a lot. I like I said earlier, the second time is just a lot better, even so. I like all of the kind of mirrored imagery with uh, uh, Mia and Jamie. I like all of the kind of call forwards and call backs with like the various uh, like kills and things like that. Um, I think. The movie looks really good. Um, I really like the... The Australian, like, suburban, rural kind of mix. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, when you're in the middle of the outback, the su the quote-unquote suburbs are still kind of rural from yeah. what I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's rural Australia. I think it looks really good. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of, like, um, like the Nevada desert, for example, or something a like bit, that. Yeah, yeah, but there's a, there's definitely a lot of unique... 
Yeah, it's like, the bush. It's rock formations, trees, things like that, that, yeah. that are very interesting. Yeah, and, like, everything is kind of run down. Like, there's a lot of, like, oh, here's a house out in the middle of nowhere, and it's yeah, pretty... Yeah, it's a little bit lonely. Yeah, yeah I, I like that vibe a lot. Um, there's some great shots in this. Uh-huh. Um, I think the violence is handled really well. I think they do just enough without going too far, and I think the way they use it is good, too. It's not, like, just kind of thrown in for effect it's usually like there's a little bit of visual storytelling going on and like yeah, some metaphors because, um, thrown in there i i don't really like torture porn movies like that like i'll watch them i don't really necessarily quote unquote have a problem with them i just don't find it very compelling usually but i feel like the violence really does propel the movie forward in a lot of ways yeah um, it gives everything, like, a heightened amount of tension to Every, it. Everything kind of happens for a reason. Yeah. I guess. Um, there's a lot of, like, action-reaction with the violence. Like, mm-hmm. it's usually... And it's escalating constantly. Like, it, the torture's getting worse and worse. And, like, you see there's, like, the kind of... Brent's kind of realization that, like, oh, I'm not getting out of this. Like, I need to fight my way out of here. There's no, like, stalling for time. I need to, like kill these people and escape yeah but also Um, like the way it's executed is is also kind of a little bit of character building for the villains of the movie yes specific ways in which they do things yeah it paints like a very creepy picture of this family and like their whole system of like serial killing that they've got going on exactly um yeah it's really uh evocative yeah i agree um well we can talk more about it but i think we should rate it yeah, let's go into our ratings. Let's go into our ratings. So first off is the spookiness rating. Uh, the kind of general tone vibe, how well were the scares sold? One to five, what would you give it? Maybe, I would give it probably a three. Just for the, the creepy basement of people. I think that's <laughs> very scary on its own. But also, I just think, I think the villains are really interesting. And there's like a, they're kind of grounded in reality a little bit. Like, the way that people that are weird with their family are kind of weird with their family. Right, like, yeah. Like, those aspects, I think, are really creepy. It gives me almost a little bit of, like, misery vibes. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very uh, misery, for sure. Misery meets Texas Chainsaw, maybe. Yeah, that that kind of um, person who has convinced themselves that they're normal and can appear normal to other people, but is is psycho. Also doesn't say cuss words. Right, <laughs> refuses yeah. Refuses to. Yeah, has like this fantasy, basically, yeah. right? Like that's the whole thing is they're, they're feeling like this fantasy. And I think that's really scary. I think it's really effective when you realize like, oh, I am like this person's plaything. I am like a piece in their little story that they're telling themselves. I'm not like a person. I can't yeah. appeal to this person it, at all. It's not the violence that I find scary. It's the interpersonal bit of appeasing a person like that that I find scary. Yeah. So I, I would give this a four. I yeah. actually really like it. I like, um, there's a few moments like when Brent is like stuck in the cellar in the dark mm. with all the, like the zombies around him, that's really good. Spooky yuki. I yeah. think there's some good tension building. I think the times when um, it doesn't shy away from the violence, like when they literally drill a hole in his head, when you think like, okay, they're not gonna, they're not gonna drill, drill a hole in his head, surely. <laughs> Surely they're not going to show me a scene of them drilling a hole in this guy's head, and then well, they you actually haven't, you haven't been paying attention. And then they if you actually don't think they're gonna well, when drill they, a hole in his head. Well, I think they're definitely going to try, but I think like, oh, he's gonna. This is going to be the moment where he escapes and fights them off, and it's mm. like, no, they're actually going to do it to him. <laughs> yeah. So 
I found that like really scary and really good. Right, so, right. Yeah, I'd give it a four. Um, next is the watchability. Uh, how easy is it to just kind of throw this movie on and have a good time? Uh, what would you give it? I also want to kind of give it a four. It's kind of a, it, it's really unique. It It's, I don't know how many people you can actually show this to, <laughs> but. Um, I think that the. It's nice um, and short. Also, it doesn't overstay its welcome at all. The fact that this is like a um, Texas Chainsaw meets like 10 Things I Hate About You teen <laughs> movie, like is really good. I think it adds to the watchability a lot. It's very unique for sure. It, um, it's definitely not going to be like anything else you've seen before. I mean, we draw comparisons anyway because we have that like Rolodex of like movies that we compare things to, but it's definitely, it's entirely its own. Yeah, I think this movie is very watchable for a lot of the reasons that like I think Jennifer's Body is watchable where like 100%. It's, it's a teen like interpersonal like romance movie but it's also like kind of a gripping scary horror movie like i yeah i agree i think four is a good rating for it um and then last is the vincent price vamp rating the campiness and overall performances what would you give it i think it's gotta be a four i think lola is amazing she's fantastic she's so scary she's so scary every like line delivery every facial expression every like little tick is just perfect um and her dad's scary too her dad is also scary he he emotes less for sure in that like fatherly way he, but... he is scary in like the kind of conventional quote-unquote australian serial killer you know what i mean like the, oh yeah 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 um just the kind of like blank emotionless like uh has like something deep down like that he's doing this for but like is... and you know if you make her unhappy he's gonna get very very uh violent with you yeah and he has like all these creepy grins that he'll throw out too uh they both do um really really good and i i also like the rest of the cast in this movie or yeah uh, at least i definitely like um uh xavier samuel as as uh bryant i think he's I think it was Brent, sorry. I think he's really good. Um I think he, he is really good. I think he's like good angsty metalhead kid for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I, I identify with this kid, right? Like I've had plenty of days where like I'm having a really shitty depressed day and I'm stomping off in my with my headphones in. Oh yeah, you don't and, have to tell me. Yeah. Uh and it's just like I you know, I definitely identify with it. Um and I think him as like the person who is you're feeling his pain constantly and he's selling it uh non-verbally really well yeah um, yeah I, I would great performances i would almost give this a five uh just because it's got that little like tinge it, of it goofiness to it. it for sure it is camp i will give it that too because yeah. when she's like is it finger licking good like yeah. what else is that but camp yeah or when they go like we can't hear you and the whole yeah. screen like kind of distorts and you uh -huh. see like a fisheye lens of their faces with creepy <laughs> expressions on them and they, the, they have a zombie basement <laughs> yeah it, it's just um and you know even like the goofy scenes with the teens at the school dance are really funny and it they are funny like it does like add a little bit of levity and break up the rest of this very sad very like emotionally fraught story um and it's sad in its own way but it, it is sad but it, it is like a dark comedy i mean it, this is definitely like, like dark comedy yeah i mean this is you know i i was a teen in high school and like dances were going on and i was depressed and like 
I got this vibe a lot of like, yeah, yeah we're like at this dance, but we're not at this dance, uh-huh. you know? Uh, I, so I really like that. So yeah, I would give it a five. Um, I really like this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you liked it a lot because I, I like it a lot too. Uh, and I, I think it's very underrated. Your final score is an 11 out of 15 and mine is a 13. Wow. That, is that your highest score? I think it's tied for my highest. I want to say Black Christmas was also 13. That That's possible. We might have to go back and look, but yeah, that sounds um, right to me. I, I don't think I've given higher than, than a 13. This was great. Uh, I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about giving it five stars on my letterbox. I understand um, that. Yeah. This has a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, uh, the thing that I really like about it is just the vibe. Uh, I think that's like really what elevates it from other movies in this kind of similar space. That the the like indie Australian punk music soundtrack really speaks <laughs> to me, and the depressed teens and the, it is a vibe for sure. Yeah. And I mean, the violence it is like a childish sort of violence. Yeah, like it, it definitely builds upon the characters and the atmosphere very well. I think it strikes a really good balance. I think it's really deft. And then it even has a lot of things that I just personally kind of tend to enjoy in movies where it's got a lot of like call forwards and a lot of like mirrored imagery that it repeats or it shows you here are these two characters doing one thing and now here are these two other characters doing a similar thing, but it's through a completely different yeah. context and it feels totally different, you know? It I, works. It totally works. I love stuff like that in movies, and this does it uh, quite a bit, and I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Good movie. Good movie. Um, I You know, I think we've talked enough about it. There's probably, like, we could talk about this movie some more, but I, I think we pretty much covered it, you Not know? 55 minutes. I think, we've, I think we've covered it as much as we can. I think we've done our job, which means it's time. Oh, shit. It's time. For, wait a minute. We don't have a sack this week. Oh my god! Where did it go? Where'd my baby go? We put the sack up on the shelf. Oh. Because uh, next week, we're going to be starting Fall Favorites. Fall Favorites. You know what that means. For the month of October, uh, all of our episodes, we're just going to be picking a favorite movie of ours. Yeah, we're going to take turns picking our favorite horror movies. Yeah, uh, these... These aren't like our literal like number one, number two, etc. horror movies, but they're up there. We really like these movies, um, and we're gonna just pick one that we really like. And each week for October, it's just gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a fall favorite. Yeah. So next week we are starting with your favorite, and then we're probably going to skip a week because we're getting married. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then, but then in the next episode, I will reveal my favorite for the next week. That's right. Yeah, so next week, uh, we're going to be watching one of my favorites, Tremors. Holy shit. I haven't seen this in a while. 1990. I think uh, it's a great pick. I think I showed you Tremors. No, I, I think I had seen it before. It's a classic. Uh, it spawned a bunch of sequels that, honestly, I haven't seen. But <laughs> I, man. I really I really love Tremors. It's a movie that I watched a bunch as a kid with my mom. Um, it's really funny. It's good. I, I'm, it's super camp. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, uh, that's going to be next week. And then we will reveal your fall favorite that yes. we'll be doing. The week uh, after. The week after the week after, because we'll be taking a week off to get married. I hope you understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll be having our spooky goth wedding. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Uh, But thank you all for listening. Uh, Good episode. 
You can find me at putrid underscore imp on Twitter. You can also find my other show, uh, Level With You, a World of Warcraft classic podcast at Level With You. And Opal, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at my socials at opal.card.co. I've got all my links there. And the podcast also has a Twitter at ScaryPair, which we're going to post updates. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends about the show. We love getting new uh, listeners, getting uh, people telling us how they feel about maybe. the pod. Maybe we do. Maybe we like that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, Opal. I think we're done do you think i'm pretty yes oh bye everyone <laughs> <laughs> bye